Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Milestone Church. We're so glad that every single one of you is joining us here today, whether you're joining us in Keller, McKinney, Hazlitt, online, watching online at a later date. Can we just make welcome everyone joining us today? We love that you guys are here with us. And again, my name's Drew Wynn. I'm our family ministries pastor. And all that really means is our team and kids, myself, we pray, we think, we ask God. We wanna do everything that we can do to help you and your children discover God's love and to follow Jesus every day that they live. And we'll stop nothing short of anything that we can do to help your family do that. I have a family as well. I've got three kids. I've been married for 10, almost 11 years. You can see the picture on the screen. My wife, Aubrey, we met in church. Not why you go to church, but it is a great baby side effect. <laughs> All the single raise your, don't raise your hand. I'm joking. But we met in church. We married for 10 years. We have three kids. My oldest, Willow, is nine years old. My son, Max, well, he's six. A lot of preaching content comes from his life. It's great. Goldie, my youngest, is two years old. I'm not 24. I just can't grow a beard. Um, but I am married. I do have kids. And, and they are in Milestone Kids. We're raising our family just like you are raising your family. We're asking God on how to raise our kids, how to have a family that could honor God. And, and as I was just praying and talking to families of this church, just asking God, God, would you please help me just share your heart for every family this Christmas? And that's what we're gonna cover today. And this series, Christmas at Milestone, has been amazing. Pastor Jeff, he kicked it off last week and he spoke about joy, how joy is just not a set of circumstances or a situation, but joy is a person. His name's Jesus. We can receive joy. We can choose joy, and even if we don't feel like it, we can give joy to other people, and joy is intentional, and if anything I say that you don't like how I preach, it's okay. Come back next week. Pastor Jeff's the pastor of this house. He's a fantastic preacher. Come back next week for him at Christmas service. It's going to be incredible, but if you haven't seen it, go online, watch that online, and, and just want to thank Pastor Jeff um, for allowing me to share on this platform this weekend. I could talk a long time about how none of this makes sense and this is so far beyond out of my league, but I think it is a picture of God that's someone who does come from a broken family and all I ever wanted growing up was just to be a good man, good husband, and a good dad and how he's just faithfully walked me through season after season and I just find myself here that I can just pour out whatever God's done in my life and all the smart people that have helped me to maybe for you have a family greater than you ever dreamed possible. You know, God's just doing so many awesome things in our church, like a tiny thing like joy this week. Come on, it was amazing. Seven days ago, we can clap for joy if you wanna clap for joy, it's great. <laughs> at all of our campuses. Seven days ago, baptism waters filled with dozens and dozens and dozens of people taking a step with God, choosing to publicly declare who he is in their life, going through growth, just so many awesome things at our church. But I do wanna focus on a story of an incredible family, the Zapata family, and their children, Miguel and Delaney, they're part of Milestone Kids, and, and they chose to follow Jesus, to make him Lord and Savior in their life several months ago, and it's incredible. And what we do after someone becomes 
becomes a Christian in Milestone Kids is we invite the family to just a very quick class called the Next Step class. Because we don't want a kid to make the best decision of their life and not walk the greatest life out after that. So we wanna give them some next steps, some handles with that. So we invite the family, so mom comes, dad comes, and, and parents are bilingual, they speak Spanish and English. We have this fantastic volunteer named Medell, awesome, serves every single week, pouring her life into kids. She came to the class with the family to translate for the parents, and I just gotta be honest, I felt powerful teaching that class. Me and all 14 of them, it was great. And we're sitting there and we're walking through next step class and I would say something and she would translate. I'd say something else and she would translate. And I'd say something else and she would translate. I was like, this is, this is what televangelists feel like, this is great. <laughs> so we're going through it and what's cool is that we present like the gospel, you have an opportunity to follow Jesus, but then you have a, like a, a tangible step. If you follow Jesus and you know who he is and you've never been water baptized, you can take that step right then. And what was so cool is to see the entire family sign up for water baptism. Those are the pictures that we see right here. It's a father, it's a mother, it's a daughter, it's a son. It's an entire legacy change because of what God can do in the life of your family, which is amazing. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it, and it's just so clear to see how God is touching the heart of entire families here, of parents, of single parents, of blended families, of children, of adults, of grandmothers, of grandfathers, of coworkers, of family members. God, God has a vision. God has more vision for your family than we have vision for our family. And we get a preview of what this vision is in Ephesians chapter three, verses 14 and 15 context of this scripture is Paul is writing and he's praying for people and, and, and this, this verse just comes a few verses before one of my favorite verses of all time, Ephesians 3.20 God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us and before that he writes a scripture about your family he says this, for this reason I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name Oh, I love that scripture. It means you, right where you sit, wherever you are, online or at your campus, your family, the last name that you have comes from God. Family was his idea. So whatever your family looks like, whether it's a beautiful family tree or it looks more like a family bush, whatever it is, God loves your family. He knows your family. He's got a plan and a purpose for your family. And this Christmas, he wants to help us get his plan for our family this Christmas. And Christmas is such an incredible time of year. In the list of holidays, easily number one. It's at the top of the list. A lot of people are nodding with me. Somebody that has it doesn't agree. We'll pray for you. Like Thanksgiving is great. All the other holidays are fantastic. But Christmas, oh, the time of year, the Christmas spirit, all the fun stuff to do. It's incredible. Walk in the commons, free hot cocoa, photo ops, Christmas trees, all of this amazing stuff. I love it. There's so many amazing moments in Christmas, isn't there? We just have this just great high hope for like Christmas Day to be absolutely perfect, like a Hallmark movie. We have this picture and we have hopes of all these amazing moments, but if we're honest, we're in church on a Sunday, not every moment is absolutely perfect. 
You know, like you travel to family or they travel to you and you're like, yeah, five days is totally cool. And then like two and a half days in, you're like, I have learned all I need to learn about my family. Like we're cool, like we're good. Okay, seven of you and me, that's great. Cool, so we share that in common. Maybe some awkward conversations over, over the dinner table or meal time, but Christmas is special. It's my favorite holiday. and We all just want an unforgettable moment. I remember when I was six years old, I definitely had an unforgettable Christmas. Now my parents, they raised me and they told me that Santa was real. So this sermon is not about the validity of Santa, but that's just my family, okay? So I believed in Santa and they said, put the cookies and milk out and make sure you go to sleep. Do not come out of your room. And Drew, when you wake up in the morning, there's going to be Christmas presents under the tree. But under no circumstances should you come out of your room. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Go up to bed. It's Christmas Eve. I'm fast asleep. Everything is fantastic. Going to plan. Can't wait to see what Santa has for me in the morning. And in the middle of the night, at the darkest hour, I hear something happening downstairs. And I know what my mom told me. But Santa So I sneak out of my room, I'm tiptoeing across the second floor, I look over the banister, it is so dark, but there is a figure moving presents here and then here, skinnier than I thought Santa was, but walking around, and then kind of walking out the door, and then coming back, and then getting more, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, Santa's in my house. I have to go back to my room. So I go back to my room, jump in my bed, pull the covers over my head. I can't sleep. My heart is racing. Are you serious? A celebrity is in my house. <laughs> I'm quiet though. Nobody saw me. Finally, the sun comes up the next day. I run down the stairs. Mom, dad, wake up. It's time to go see what Santa left us. So we all go and we look and we go to the living room. It definitely wasn't Santa that I saw because all of our Christmas presents were gone. Yeah, I still need some help, man. I mean, literally, the Grinch stole Christmas when I was six years old. Oh my gosh, I was disappointed. I was depressed after all the tears. We didn't know what happened. Unbelievable. All the stores were closed, so we couldn't get any presents, but the next day they took me somewhere and everything I pointed out was mine, so it ended up being cool. It ended up being fine. Thanks, mom and dad. I was FaceTiming my dad, like just leading up to this, this story to tell. And I was just asking him questions about it. And as I was just asking him questions, because guys, I was six, I'm 34 now. I've had 28 years to process and to get over it and stuff. But I was asking all these questions and just stuff was just coming out. And I have clearly repressed things for 28 years and I need some help. So pray for me there. And I pray that for you, like as funny as that is now, I pray that you've never had a literal Grinch stole Christmas moment in your life. But I know that in a room this size and at the campuses that we're at and wherever you're watching, you and I have walked through similar situations. You've had these high, high hopes for this thing or this person, this relationship maybe, or just this time of year, but the reality arrives and it's disappointing. It's not what you'd hoped 
it be? Maybe for you, it could be as innocent as, you know, your young family, you got three young kids, so you plan ahead, you talk to your boss, are you gonna leave work at 4.30? So you get off work at 4.30, you text your husband what to do, and you get there, you're fighting traffic, it's 32 minutes there, usually it takes 25, so you're already a little bit behind, but still doable, because you can make it on time, you get your three kids, we get them fed, we get them cleaned up, and we get them in their jammies, right? Because you gotta get them in their jammies for the Christmas light drive. So everybody's in their jammies, they're fed, they're ready, you give a hot cocoa, and then you get them in front of the door, could you take the obligatory Instagram picture? Boom, right there. Jesus is the reason for the season. Can't wait to see the Christmas lights. Okay, cool. So all your friends know that you're a good mom. You're having a great time. You're a good dad. You get them in the car. Mama, you get them strapped in. It's the three-row car. You get them all done. You're kind of tired, out of breath. And let me just tell you, for all the moms or dads or whoever you are that did this, great job. I would have quit nine steps ago. So you made it already. But then you're there. You turn the car on. The neighborhood with the nice lights and the full-size candy bars. You know what I'm talking about. The, that neighborhood is 15 minutes away, though. So you get on the road and you're driving. It's only 15 minutes. What could possibly go wrong? And then you keep going down the road. Kid number one, mom, it's hot. Now, why is it that when it is hot or cold, it is never mom or dad, could you turn up or down the AC? It's mom, it's hot, it's hot. So you turn down the AC to cool them off and the kid number two starts crying. They're in the Christmas jammies, but the lid of the hot cocoa, it was open, so it spilt it all over herself and she won't stop crying because now she's wet and miserable. Kid number three is like, mom, when are we gonna be there? Are we there yet? It's only 15 minutes and we'll be there in 12. Okay, 30 seconds later, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you're thinking in your mind the entire time, there is no way that I planned this out, texted my husband or wife, left work at 4.30, fought traffic, got home, fed you, gave you a bath, put you in PJs, got you the hot cocoa. All my friends know it because I posted it on Instagram. Now you're in this car. You will enjoy this. You will have a good time because I am a good dad. <laughs> My people, we live the same life. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> we can work so hard, do all the stuff, get the stuff, go to the places, try our best, go the extra mile, and do everything that we can. The most tragic part is we can still get to midnight on December the 25th. Meals cleaned up, presents already opened, everyone's tucked in. You were hoping for a deep sense of gratitude, but what you feel is just this tinge of disappointment on Christmas. We feel the disappointment because Ourselves and those who we truly love didn't feel close, close to God. What if I were to say God has a solution for this in scripture? That maybe you and I aren't as far off as we think. We find this solution in his word in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18. So if you've got a Bible with you, you can just open that up right now if you're you're scrolling through Instagram, close that app and open up the Bible app. And you can type in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18 through 21. 
And the context for this, this is a collection of sermons by Moses, the Hall of Famer in the Bible that God used to do so, so much. And he's telling the Israelites, he is urging them. He's, he's trying to say, you don't have to make the same mistakes you made before that caused you to wander in the wilderness. Maybe this is a word for you and I. We've had maybe a collective series of Christmases that ended up different than what we had hoped. Maybe we can learn from this and realize God's plan for our family during this time. So verse 18 says, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. You must know what a parent today is like. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gate so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. He says it again in the New Testament, but in a different way in Matthew chapter five, verse 16, he says, keep open house. Be generous with your life by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up to God. This is generous father. In heaven. What if God is painting the picture and He is presenting the case that the whole idea of one massive, miraculous morning with presents may be missing the point? What if it was about the little intentional moments and opportunities where you can lean in and be present before Christmas, on Christmas, and after Christmas? It's little moments that build up to a big moment that my prayer for you, as I prayed for the people, for you and your family, as you came this weekend, God, what do you wanna say to the families of our church that they would capture something to walk out and their families be different after a Sunday morning here for an hour? What would you, what if that moment with God seemed mundane but it's in the mundane where a miracle could happen. Leaning in with your kids, being intentional and present. If we distill down the rest of our sermon today into one sentence, and the one thing you walk out with, know that Christmas reminds us the moments that truly matter are closer than you think. Christmas reminds us the moments that truly matter are closer than you think. So it poses the question, what really matters in life? What really matters to God? What matters to God is the whole reason for Christmas, why any of this is special in the first place. The picture of Christmas is a God who is in heaven came to earth so that those on earth can get to heaven. God came to earth in the form of a baby, Jesus, born in the most humblest of settings, took on flesh and bone, lived a perfect life. It is God with us. He came near at Christmas time. Why? He tells us in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Maybe the most famous scripture of all time, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So what matters to God? People. What matters to God? It's people. 
What matters to God? It's people. It's the people you know. It's the people sitting right next to you. It's the people in your family. It's all people. It's children. It's family, spouses, future spouses, coworkers, neighbors. All people matter to God. See, with God, these moments, they're closer than you think. What matters to God? It's people. What matters to your children? You know, this week, I was praying for you. And I tried my best to talk to the families of our church. Parents of young kids like me, because I know that world. I know them. I live with them every day. But parents of teenagers, parents of adult children, parents with kids that are in college, parents that have kids that are living their own life, maybe far away, maybe close. And what God showed me in the prayers and conversations that I had with you, where we have a lot in common if we're parents. Because every parent wants better for their son. Every parent wants better for their daughter. Every parent who loves the Lord wants to raise children, adult children, whatever kind of children that would just follow God. And the same God that changed your life would be the same God that would lead, guide, and love them as well. And they would know that and understand that. So what matters to your children? That they know that we love them as their parents. They know that we love them as their parents. It's telling them, yes. It's showing them even more. If you have young children, practically it looks like getting on the floor with them, playing the blocks, playing the toys, doing whatever you can, because if they want to build a fort, we're building a fort today, homeboy, let's go. It's with your daughter, if she's coloring, if she's drawing, if they're doing their homework, whatever, it's just getting into whatever mundane opportunity God has given you to be dad, to be mom today. If it's older kids that that maybe don't need help with building blocks or whatever it is. Maybe you wanna build a treehouse in the backyard. That's cool too. But if they're junior high, high school, and you're looking for that connection, because it's not about fixing problems to show love. It's building this connection to communicate love, to show them who you are. They live 40 feet down the hallway, and, and they're so close in proximity, but maybe spiritually or mentally, definitely culturally, they're just on a different planet. Maybe it's after a meal or after a practice when they walk in to linger for a second, to be open to anything that they say, that they could say nothing to you that would diminish your love and care and intentionality with them. How powerful would that be if your children knew that type of love and unconditional love that mirrors the love that God gives every single one of us? See, when we love our children, we show them love, it points us to the next matter of importance that kids care about is their value. They're valuable. The Bible tells us that, that, that children are a gift from God, that we are, like God trusted us with them to steward them, to raise them. Their value does not come in what they do, but it comes in who God created them to be. And I'm not saying don't teach them diligence or hard work or discipline or to have ambition from a healthy source. I'm not saying that at all. Build a great resume. Go to a great school. Celebrate your alma mater. Get the job. Do all, contribute to, do all of that. 
But we can't do that at the expense of forgetting who God created them to be inherently. Where we see this come, come to play is when your son or your daughter or you make a mistake. Because when you make a failure, oh, won't you know, these, these voices will start speaking in your head. But when you understand your value and identity in Christ, your failure does not define you. But God can use your failure to build and grow you. What we do, even in a mistake, those failures and those mistakes, because they happen, because join the club, everybody has made a mistake before. Those are opportunities and windows for mom and dad to come in and speak encouragement, to remind them of God's truth in their life. You're a son. You're a daughter of a king. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I love you so much. I know exactly who you are. God trusted you to be in our family. Nothing you could do can empty the tank of love that I have for you because it reflects the love and the value that God has shown us. What matters to your child love? What matters to your child value? What matters to your child faith? Faith is a critical part of the foundation of every child and person that's here. This, this became real for us in our house, I think Monday or Tuesday nights. What we do, and we do an Advent time, and basically all that means is we read scripture, we pray together, and we buy these little cut out boxes that you pop up the day and it gives you chocolate. So that's why my son likes to participate. Um, but why we do that is because we just want our kids to get to Christmas Day and we want to bless their socks off with everything that we can within our means to give them a great Christmas, right? But we just don't want kids that are entitled and expect things from everybody. So we, we're walking in that tension together, right? As family. So we try to celebrate the reason for everything, Jesus, all along the way. Well, this week, the scripture that we read and what we talked about was all about faith and hope. And my daughter, as she read the scripture, we're asking a couple of questions. She's like, Dad, what is faith? Well, I was so thankful to God for this opportunity to have a conversation because Christmas is all about faith. So then I just asked her, though we didn't write one down, but we asked her to tell us a Christmas list. And she told us what she wanted for Christmas. And I just asked her, how do you feel about that? And she's like, well, Dad, I'm excited. Because I can tell you anything that I've ever wanted for Christmas, and I just might get it. So then I asked her, like, how do you feel right now? Because it's not Christmas yet. You had not gotten anything. You don't know what's going to happen. What's well, exciting, Dad? Anything is possible. It's kind of like a wish, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's kind of like a wish, but it's much deeper and fuller than a wish because our faith placed in God is more than a wish list, but it is knowing that the creator of heaven and earth and everybody and everything that's all powerful, when our faith is in him, quite literally anything is possible with God. There is no situation too far off, no person too far off and gone for God to change everything in an instant. The things that you pray for, the people that you pray for, the, the, the thing that is on your mind as your heart sank, as I said those words, that very thing, God already knows the details and it is not too far gone for God to turn everything around in an instant. It's this faith that we talked about 
doing our Advent, but it's this childlike faith that I was encouraged seeing my nine-year-old Willow discover and learn. What if this childlike faith isn't just for children? This is what he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse three. Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Isn't it beautiful, the faith that children have? How they can be friends with anybody. It doesn't matter what they look like, where they come from, what they like to do. Hey, bro, you got shoes? I got shoes too, let's go play. (laughs) That childlike faith is beautiful. What if this is an encouragement during this Christmas time for you and your family to return to a place, return to a time? Remember when you first chose to follow Jesus. Maybe it was last week, last month, last year, or many years ago, but that initial decision to say, God, I may not understand all of it, but you sent your son for me to pay for my sin, past, present, and future. I received that in my life. So I step forward in faith. No matter what comes, God, you're with me. Maybe that's an encouragement for you that this Christmas season, your family can have childlike faith. Maybe it takes childlike faith to take the step of how to connect with your kid. The Bible unlocks that. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 11. So how do you do this stuff that matters to your children? It's right here. When you are at home, I'm telling you, I think God knew about a parent's life. So when you go home today, that's when you can start. When you're on the road, Sunday, so it's not Chick-fil-A, but maybe when you go to Whataburger. (laughs) On the way home, it doesn't just have to be something that will satiate the hunger in your stomach. What if you thought about that 15-minute car ride in a different way? Ask a question. How are you doing? And then stop. Let them answer you. When you're going to bed, Bedtime is, for young kids at least, it's the greatest opportunity. Our team is amazing back there, and there's so many resources that we have for you. The stuff that you get when you pick your kids up today, it's an ornament, but from preschool all the way to elementary to 56, the resources. When I, when I sit and pray and I ask God, how do I help the families of our church raise their children in a way? And he says back, maybe it's how you raise your kids. And I'm like, okay, help me make the Bible real for my nine-year-old, my six-year-old. That is the perfect opportunity to start praying, to start talking about God, to ask questions right there. And when you're getting up, the next car ride, the next meal time, the next bedtime, those are all great opportunities that God has. Don't rush through it. Be present and see what God can do. What matters to God? People. What matters to your children? Love, value, and faith. What matters to you? All of this stuff with Christmas is so fun. It's fantastic. And I love it because it's just so easily visible. It's just like the Christmas trees, the decorations. Everybody looks fantastic with their Christmas best on, look good, smell good, handsome, pretty, the whole thing. Instagram looks great. All of it is awesome. And I'm not discounting it. Do that. Do the family photos. Do every single thing that has to get the presents. Have a fantastic time. But I would suggest maybe we all have something in common that what, we, what really matters to us at Christmas is something money can't even touch. It's for you and the people you love the most to feel close and connected to God.
Everything else is great, but nothing compares to when God is real for those that you love. It's moments and memories that are so, so close with God that'll happen next weekend, starting next weekend at Christmas services and all along the week when you come to a non-optimal service and you look down the row and it's your family holding the candle. It's lit. You're singing the Christmas songs and you're just reflecting upon and you're thinking about all the things that God saw you through this year. It wasn't an easy one, but you, got, you made it. Your son, the prodigal, your daughter, the prodigal that you've been praying for. You didn't know if they would say yes to the invitation because they're grown now. They're at school. It's the first time they've ever come back. It's the first break home. They got all their friends to see, but they came to Christmas service with you. And it's the coworker that it's, you guys were best friends for a long time, but just something got weird in there, and, but like you're still praying, so you shoot the text and they come for Christmas. It's the spouse that everything was good for so long, but you walked through so much for so many years, and then you have no idea how you got there, but you're sitting there, you made it. You made it through the year, and they're sitting there in that row with the candle, and you're singing these songs, these Christmas, it's, you're singing them to the same God that parted the sea. You're singing them to the same God that healed the people in the Bible. You're singing them to the same God that changed your life. That same God that did all of that can do it for your family. This became so real to me this week. It was Thursday and I got this phone call. It was scary. And before I tell it, everybody in my family is fantastic. They're healed, they're healthy, they're whole. They're at church today, they're doing great. But on Thursday, it was scary for my son. He hit his head really hard, like really hard. So we had to get him to the hospital quick and I'd never really walked through something like this. Like he's been like boo-boos and hurt before, but never like we gotta go now. He was sick, he was throwing up, and we make it to the hospital, and we go in, there's a lot of people in the waiting room of the ER, and we get checked in, and we go, and we finally get into the room, and they did a great job there, and it was awesome, and we're just so nervous, I'm just trying to help my son, I felt helpless, I didn't even know what to do, but just to get him in front of people that could help him. And then in walks the nurse, and just, what do you know? His name is Joseph. Hey, I know you guys. He's an incredible serve team leader, serves every single week, an incredible man of God. He just walks in and in walks spiritual family. It could have, like it wasn't God, but it felt like it was just a hug from him. Just checking my son's vitals, helping him out, making sure that he's okay. Yeah, we definitely need to take a scan. So we take him to the room and gets a CAT scan and he's just sitting there brave like a big man, six years old, not moving, not crying, so proud of him and machines whirring, the whole thing, slide him out, we get him back to the room and he takes the test and we're sitting there and I just have to be on, just a lot of nervous energy. I, we didn't know. How many of you know the worst place to be is from where you take the test and the results of the test and you're in between in transition? That's a whole different sermon, but man, we were so nervous. And right in the middle of it, I was so scared as a dad. I didn't know what to do. And my son just looks at me, he just goes, Dad. Dad, we enter, his, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. 
oh, in that moment, my six-year-old became better than any preacher on YouTube that you could watch. Because scripture just came out of his heart in a time when he was most scared. But here's the thing about it. I didn't even teach him Psalm 100 verse four. It was somebody else. It's all the weekends leading up to the scariest moment in his life. It's the people in Milestone Kids. It's the Jacob Cottrells, the Erica Barbers, the Ashton Kirby's, the Rita Myers, Stephanie Gunn Garcia, the Nellie Jackson, and Hasley. It's Christian Herrera and the whole team. It's people like that that are obedient to God's call in their life and they serve week in and week out and they pour into young people. It's not just milestone kids because I'm biased with it, but it's the whole serve team. It's those who park the cars, those who greet in first impressions that lead on the platform, lead off the platform. It's doing all of the things that they do because why? Because God has loved them, showed them, changed their life. So they just want some of this to rub off on somebody else. This Christmas, my greatest desire and prayer for you and your children and your family and anybody that you, you love and know is that that would happen for you. Next week, these Christmas services, thousands of people across all of our campuses are gonna flood into these campuses. Thousands of full seats and our team, countless serve team, they're gonna be serving, doing all the things that they could do to serve every single person that comes in. Not because of the thousands, because of the one that you brought the one that you've prayed all year for, the one that you texted even though you were nervous, the one that you just lingered at work and you were just able to invite them in person because you know something's happened in their life, but they need to get in front of God into a place where they can hear clearly. That's what our prayer is for your family this Christmas. Not just the one beautiful, miraculous thing, but the buildup and for you to know, the mundane moments, maybe that's where the miracles can happen. Let's lean in. Let's be present. Let me pray for you. God, we love you so much. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you, God, for every single person that is at church today, wherever they're watching at. I pray for their family. Lord, bless them, protect them, provide for them. God, remind them of the purpose that you have for every single one of us, God, during this Christmas time. Remind us of your love for us and show them almost like a bright light when the opportunities present themselves to lean in and to be intentional with other people that they love. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.